Welcome to Newsline Wednesday. This is the Stuttering Sports Podcast, and I'm your host, Spencer. And today is a good show. We got a Monday Night Football reaction to the Bengals beating the Steelers, talking about some Steelers. Then we got NBA opening night action between the Nets and the Warriors, and then the Clippers versus the Lakers. We're going to talk a good bit about that. And then I'm going to give my top 16 NFL teams because I figured the bottom 16, there is no reason to rank them. They are out of the playoffs. So, yeah. So, yeah, without further ado, let's get right into it. My Monday night football reaction to the Cincinnati Bengals with Ryan Finley as starting quarterback beating the Pittsburgh Steelers 27-17 on national television. Now, before I start this, the last thing Pittsburgh needed was another primetime game, was more pressure. And then something else the Pittsburgh Steelers did not need was Juju dancing on their fucking logo. See, now that's something that just doesn't have to happen, yet he keeps on doing it. And then you get three catches for 15 yards. Good job, Juju. But uh, yeah, Pittsburgh lost this game 27-17, but I'm not going to talk more specifically about this game more so I'm going to talk about just these last three games for Pittsburgh just as a whole starting off 11 and 0 I can see why Pittsburgh lost to Washington Washington has a great defense Pittsburgh had the whole Ravens Thanksgiving fiasco three games in however many days going off no rest to begin with I can see that loss that's fair then you move on to the Bills game All right, the Bills game was something. Pittsburgh's offense looked god-awful. Pittsburgh's defense, though, regardless of injuries, still looked good, holding the Bills to 26 points. It's just the offense. Terrible. And then, well, with all the pressure on us on Monday Night Football, Pittsburgh blew it, losing by 10 points, scoring 17 total points where the offense looked awful, and the defense, the injuries are starting to pile up to be too much. Even the converted safety to linebacker, Marcus Allen, he he got banged up right in the middle of the game. So Pittsburgh, what's wrong with them? Well, with the injuries that happened to the Steelers, with the injuries with Bud Dupree and Robert Spillane and Joe Hayden specifically, Pittsburgh cannot force turnovers because now teams can more double TJ Watt, can double Cam Hayward, when before you couldn't really do that with Bud Dupree coming off the other end. So, yeah, now T.J. Watt's still a game wrecker. He is still a massive threat. But now now you have the ability to to now double him. And with Robert Spillane inside linebacker out, well, now there's no really pass coverage threat there. Like, now, like, the inside linebacker spot is just wide open. And when Vince Williams got put to the COVID reserves list, well, then we have – kind of some practice squad guys and converted safeties being called up. So now Pittsburgh cannot really force turnovers. Pittsburgh can't get to the quarterback as well to fluster the quarterback to make bad throws. Pittsburgh cannot force turnovers as frequently, and that is hurting the offense. Now transitioning to the offense, what's wrong with the offense? Everything is wrong with the offense. Pittsburgh cannot run the ball for shit. Even though Benny Snell last night did average 4.7 yards per carry, I do know he got one pretty big uh, rushing play. But yeah, aside from that, Pittsburgh cannot rush the ball for shit. I don't know how the offensive line um, is looking with injuries. 
I know during the Bills game they got all banged up. I really haven't done much research since, so that is so that is my fault. But yeah, the Bills game, Pittsburgh could not run the ball for shit. But I think the problem lies within Ben and Randy uh, Fickner. They are they are the issue right now because Big Ben, you know, he's up there in age. Pittsburgh's changed their entire scheme to basically accommodate for Ben's age. Ben cannot extend plays like he used to, and he also cannot throw the deep ball like he used to. But that doesn't mean, excuse me, but that doesn't mean that Pittsburgh's offense should be schemed the way it is. The way Pittsburgh's passing game is schemed is these three, four-yard little pass plays. And they worked for a few weeks because teams don't really know how to cover that. But then it's not very hard to figure out. And then teams figured it out. And it's either a three to four yard little pass play that gets you five, six yards. Or it's a deep bomb with no real potential for anything because most of the time it's into double coverage. So Pittsburgh's offense has major issues right now, scoring 16 points during the last three games. The defense has only forced two two total turnovers within the last three games. Like The defense is still good. It's just not great. Pittsburgh has major problems right now. The injuries have been an issue. Coaching has been an issue. And overall, just the play, just playing really sloppy has been an issue. But those defensive injuries, gosh, I think that the offense has been sloppy for a little bit now. But those defensive injuries, that's the difference between teams scoring 10, 3, 14 points, and that's the difference between them scoring those compared to 23, 26, and 27 points. So, yeah, that's what's wrong with the Pittsburgh Steelers. Moving on to some NBA talk. Last night was NBA opening night with the 7 o'clock game being the Brooklyn Nets versus the Golden State Warriors, a.k.a. Steph Curry's return and KD's return. KD's return playing Golden State. And, you know, Steph Curry just overall playing basketball. Now, unfortunately, as we all know, Klay Thompson will not be playing for the Warriors this season. So that is a huge, huge hit to Golden State because now Curry doesn't really have a main wingman because Wiseman, you know, he's still a rookie. Kelly Oubre and Wiggins are both cool, but they're not number twos. They're more so number threes. And uh, that showed last night Steph Curry. Did not play too well. I'm not saying the blame's on Steph Curry. I still think he's easily a top two point guard. I haven't said he's the best point guard during the last podcast. You can make a hefty, hefty argument that he is. But he did not show out last night. He shot seven for 21, including two for 10 from three, scoring overall 20 points. And he had 10 assists. So 20 and 10 with two steals. That is not a bad game for Curry whatsoever, but the shooting-wise, 2 for 10, that's a really bad game. But let's talk about more about the Warriors. Andrew Wiggins, 4 for 16, and Kelly Oubre, 3 for 14. That was the issue. <laughs> that was the main issue right there. If the Warriors want to be successful this year, Wiggins and Oubre need to step up, which, you know, I ranked them as 10 during my power rankings. I think they eventually will step up. Now, this is only the first game, so I'm not going to sit here and say that Wiggins and Oubre are trash because they're simply not. Wiggins has not lived up to expectations, and he's not a great defender as Oubre. I mean, he averaged 20 a game last year. He is a good scorer, 
although he may not be a great defender, he's still a good scorer. Wiseman, though, last night, 7 for 18, 19 points and 6 rebounds. Did not do too much on the rebounding side of things, but 19 points, shooting 7 for 13 against Jarrett Allen and DeAndre Jordan. Hey, that's a great rookie debut. That's a fantastic rookie debut. Um, now obviously, um, Draymond Green was out. He was doubtful heading into the game. So every time a player is doubtful, they're simply not playing. But Golden State's depth really did really – I didn't even think about their bench at all. Kevon Looney, Marquise Chris, Toscano, Andersor, Brad Wanamaker, Kent Bazemore, Damian Lee, M. Mulder, and Jordan Poole. That's ugly. That is an ugly-looking bench. <laughs> like, I say, listen, I know Pascal is going to be coming off of that when Draymond comes back, which is fantastic. But they have – but their guards on the bench side of things, Wanamaker and Bazemore and Damian Lee, that's not – that's that's a bit troubling to me. They don't have a real sixth man. I guess Pascal will go to that. But then I don't know. I'm not confident with this Warriors bench. Um, this as a, this Warriors starting five though, I'm not concerned about him. Curry had a rough day. All right, that's who gives a shit. He 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 is Stephen Curry. He'll be perfectly fine. Kelly Oubre and Wiggins though, they will also be perfectly fine. They just had very very rough starts because Oubre. That's hmm, right. Oubre did didn't he play? I'm almost certain he he played in the bubbles because he was with the Suns. I'm thinking of a potential if he was hurt or not. Um, I know Wiggins hasn't played since March, so yeah, I'm not concerned with the Warriors. They just had a, a tough outing against a team like the Brooklyn Nets, who Kevin Durant has not missed a beat. Seven for 16, 22 points, five boards, three assists, three steals. Kevin Durant looked perfectly fine. He has recovered from that Achilles injury, and he has not lost a step. He looks phenomenal. Something I was actually pretty surprised about was that they were starting DeAndre Jordan instead of Jared Allen. That's something I was very surprised about. Jared Allen did 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 play more minutes, though. But still, that's something that did kind of surprise me. But yeah, Kevin Durant has, has not missed a step. He... That um, he has recovered phenomenally. He, excuse me, phenomenally. I don't know if that's a word. He only played 25 minutes, 22 points, shooting seven for 16. That's a great comeback game. As Kyrie Irving and his, he's only played a handful of games for the Nets in his season debut this year. 26 points, four assists, four rebounds, shooting 10 for 16. Kyrie looked phenomenal. Four for seven from three. He looked great. Then the Nets surrounding cast is one of the best surrounding cast because this team is so deep. You look at their bench. They have Karis LeVert, one of the best six men in the league. Jarrett Allen, one of the best bench centers in the league. I'd figured he'd start. You have Torian Prince and Jeff Green. Those are two good wings to have from coming off the bench. And then you have Landry Shamit, who played 20 20 minutes last night, six points. He's a phenomenal shooter. So this team, this Nets team is very deep. Their superstars looked looked like they haven't missed a beat. Um, this Nets team is dangerous. 
this this um <laughs> I I get that it's only one game and I forgot what I put them as in my NBA top ten, but I know it was not like super duper high. I'm starting to rethink that ever since watching that game because KD KD looked phenomenal, Kyrie looked phenomenal. Dinwiddie, Joe Harris, DeAndre Jordan, Jarrett Allen, Karis LeVert, Landry Shamit, Jeff Green, Torian Prince. What a sur- fantastic surrounding cast for this team. And I'm excited to see what Steve Nash continues to do with the team. So, yeah, the Warriors-Nets game, that was a good one. Okay, not really. The Nets' biggest lead was 38 points. But, um, yeah, the game overall, I think we learned a lot. Golden, Golden State would definitely need time to mesh together because, I mean, hell, that was Curry's first game since March. That was Wiggins' first game since March. And then Kelly Oubre, he, shit, he, there's still an offseason there where he got traded twice. And James Wiseman first game, they'll need time together. That showed heavily last night. But I'm not concerned about the Warriors moving forward. And the Nets, the Nets look great. The Nets look very, very great. Ah, shit. Moving on to the Clippers beating the Lakers on ring night last night, 116 to 109 off of a big day from Paul George. But first, let's start off with the Lakers. Um, I saw a good amount of people last night like talking bad about the Lakers because they did lose. And I would kind of like to say that the Clippers have kind of always gotten the best of the Lakers. We saw it in the opener last year during the bubble opener. And and if the Clippers would have made it to the Western Conference Finals, then that would have been a phenomenal series that would have went down to six or seven games. So the so so I would like to like start off with that the Clippers, they do tend to either beat the Lakers or come very very close so yeah but let's talk about the let's talk about the Lakers real quick and why I think they lost on ring night on opening night first and foremost I'd like to say one one because LeBron's kind of old and he only played 28 minutes last night (laughs) all right LeBron James only played 20 minutes on opening night I'm think he's on some sort of minute restriction or something like that is my guess because he's old he is he is up there in age unfortunately as as phenomenal as he is he is up there in age and from a off of a 72 day off season the shortest in NBA history I think he'll be playing less minutes to 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 start the season I mean, we'll see confirmation on that on Christmas night versus Dallas to see if that's actually the case. That's just my uh, personal theory because we had Montrez Harrell playing more minutes than LeBron James. That's something. But yeah, LeBron, though, in those 28 minutes did have 22, 5, and 5. Anthony Davis, minus 16. On the plus minus, 18.7 boards and 0 blocks zero blocks and the Lakers you know they have two new starters Dennis Schroeder and Marcus Gasol how to 
how did they do? Well, Marcus Gasol, he only played 12 minutes. But in those 12 minutes he played, he had more turnovers than points, had five fouls in 12 minutes, one turnover, <laughs> and zero points. Not a very good Lakers debut. Dennis Schroeder, on the other hand, he also did not have a great debut, shooting five for 15. But, you know, he had 14, 12, and eight. That's a good stat line. Just wish he was a little bit more efficient. It, if you are rooting for the Lakers, then KCP had nine going two for four. Yeah, that's a KCP stat line right there. But the Lakers bench, new, new, newly added Montrez Harrell and Wesley Matthews. How did they do? Montrez, 17 points, 10 rebounds, shooting six for seven. That's a really good stat line for <laughs> that's a, I mean hell. That's a Montrez Harrell stat line right there. Then how did Wesley Matthews do? Well, he didn't do much. He had one steal. That was his only stat during those 11 minutes. Had minus 18 plus minus. Not good at all. Then uh, Taylor Horton Tucker now getting minutes. He got 11 minutes last night. Had six points shooting two for two. All right. I'll take it. That's a, that's a good stat line for THT during those 11 minutes. And a newly extended Kyle Kuzma, 15-point shooting, 6 for 11 from the field. So, yeah, I don't think the Lakers played a bad game. Their defense wasn't great, but, you know, they only uh, gave up 116 points. That's a league average right there. It's just, well, the Lakers have newly added starters. You have Montrez. You have Wesley Matthews. I'm not – I mean, like, how how could you be concerned for a team after one game and how can you blow up a team after one game? So, yeah, moving on to the Clippers. The Clippers, one thing I was very surprised about, actually, before starting this, was that Nicholas Batum was starting. I thought that was just interesting. And Serge at the five. I figured the I figured the starting five would be Pat Bev, Paul George, Kawhi Leonard, Serge, and then Zubak. I guess that wasn't much spacing with Serge and Zubak. So actually, fucking scratch, scratch, scratch that. That actually makes kind of sense. But yeah, Paul George stole the show. 36 minutes, shooting 13 for 18 with 33 points. Six rebounds and three assists, plus 17 in the box score. Yeah, Paul George, he hooped. He hooped. And something I don't think I even talked about was the Paul George extension that the Clippers gave him. That big old extension. I saw a bunch of people saying, why, why, why would the Clippers do that? Well, you got to think about it from this perspective. The Clippers gave up a franchise player in Shea. That's, that's my opinion. And um, they gave up five first round picks and Danilo Gallinari, who can put 18 to 20 up per night. You like, you, like, you can't just let this guy walk. <laughs> Like, you can't just simply lose this guy. You have to extend him long-term. And, and like, now you got to think about it from Kawhi's perspective. Let's just say if the Clippers did not extend Paul George, maybe Kawhi's thinking, well, hell, I don't know what Paul George is going to do. What's he going to do? Now I have uncertainty. So, like, now, now like, so now if Kawhi would like to come back to the Clippers – now he knows what will be there waiting for him instead of just thinking, well, is Paul George going to be there? Now like he knows for a fact that Paul George is going to be there. Paul George got overpaid. I'll say that. He got overpaid. But, well, he's, he could still have nights like this because, I mean, like bubble struggles, 
It happens, I guess. Paul George shooting thir- 13 for 18 with, with 33 points. This this dude was an MVP candidate two seasons ago. So, yeah, the extension, like, you got to do it. I got to at least try to have a star there in Los Angeles for the next coming years. But, yeah, Kawhi stole the show last night. I mean, excuse me, Paul George stole the show last night. Kawhi had an okay game. You know, I'm like, he ended up with 26 points, but he did shoot 10 for 26. That's not great efficiency. One for eight from three, but hell, I mean, he still ended up with 26 points. Surge did play very well from what I saw. 15 points, five for seven, six boards, one block. Surge, that was a phenomenal pickup for the Clippers. I think Surge is better than Montrez Harrell. And, you know, him and Kawhi, they already have that Toronto chemistry. So, yeah, credit to that. Nick Batum, new, new, the new starter for the Clippers, three points. All right, Nick Batum, just got just keep on spacing the, I just keep on spacing the floor there. And the Clippers bench, they have Pat Patterson, Evisa Zubak, Lou Williams, and Luke Kennard. Those are their main bench four. Kennard, newly extended, $16 million per year. I was shocked to see that because he's trash at defense. But, hey, four points, that's pretty bad <laughs> going two for six. That's, uh, that's not very good for 21 minutes. Lou Williams, 11 points, four for six shooting. That's a Lou Williams game. Zubak, 11 points, six boards. And Pat Patterson with three points. I'm not concerned about the Lakers moving forward. Um, I'm sure it would. I'm sure that it would have been nice to beat the Clippers on ring night. I'm sure that would have been something. But yeah, like the Clippers. What does this game mean for the Clippers? Is that you know Paul George is not a bum, as we all know. You know, like. This is only just one NBA game. You can't take too much away from the opening night games. But, yeah, you know, that was opening night. Those were two big, big games between heavyweights. We have a slew of games tonight. I'm very excited. First big NBA night. And then Christmas Day is going to be a good one. So, yeah. Moving on to my top 16 NFL teams. As I previously mentioned, I'm not going to do more than top 16 because I figured, well, why am I trying to figure out if the Broncos are better than the Lions or not when neither of them are making the playoffs? So who really gives a shit? So yeah, let's just start off with an honorable mention. The Las Vegas Raiders. The Raiders are falling apart. They've been falling apart. They've lost four of their last five, and one of them was the Greg Williams all-out blitz Hail Mary play. So yeah, they really should have lost five for five. But yeah, the Raiders, they are my honorable mention. Kicking off the list at number 16 is the Chicago Bears. Yes, just two, three weeks ago, I buried this team and said they were the 28th best team. I think they're, it was either 29 or 28. And well, they have they have won the last two games and they beat the Texans by 29. And then they beat the Vikings during a must-win game for both teams. And that's huge to me when you go out there and win a must-win game to stay alive, scoring 33 points in the process. They have scored 69 points over the last two games. That's big for the Bears because their offense was obsolete for 13 weeks. So, yeah, maybe their offense is starting something. 
Moving on to number 15, I do have the Washington football team. They don't have an offense, but, you know, they have this phenomenal defense that's only going to get better because they're phenomenal (laughs) because their defense is phenomenal. Um, There was some off-the-field stuff going on, though, with Dwayne Haskins uh, at a strip club, maskless. That's very interesting. Now, I personally don't care because I don't see why we do care. If that's what he wants to do, that's what he wants to do. Doing it after a loss, though, is a little weird to me. And uh, the team settled a sexual misconduct claim versus Dan Snyder for $1.6 million. So, well, that made one girl very, very rich. I hope she did not have to go through what that is claiming that she went through. I really hope that that did not happen. But yeah, but on the football field, Washington's defense, their pass rush, their front seven is phenomenal. They they could use some linebacker help, and we do suspect that Kerrigan will be gone after this season. But with Chase Young, Montez Sweat, Darone Payne, and Jonathan Allen, they're going to wreak havoc for these next coming years, then we got to see what the whole contract situation is going to be like. You can't pay everyone $20 million. That's That's, that's going to be a very interesting situation. But I do think Washington is going to make the playoffs. Um, The Cowboys don't pose a threat to me. And the Giants kind of stink. And all Washington needs to do is beat the Panthers, which they should do handedly. So, yeah, I have the Washington sitting at 15. Moving on to number 14, I have the Arizona Cardinals coming off of a win against the Eagles where they won 33-26 versus Jalen Hurts, who did have a really good game. I don't know if that's concerning for the Cardinals or that's just really good for Jalen Hurts. I don't know. I guess we'll find out in these next two games because having a a dude and a second start have, oh, is it like 400 total yards? That's kind of concerning that's why they sit at 14 moving on to number 13 i do have the tampa bay buccaneers tampa tampa won when they needed to win um they were down what was it 17 zero or something like that they were down big at halftime and then they came back and won so i give credit to tampa bay where credit is due but the reason they sit at 13 is because they got down to begin with it was was just that well i mean i don't see anything special with Tampa right now and that's definitely concerning when you look at the roster that they have like the roster should be special moving on to number 12 I have the Seattle Seahawks (laughs) I have the Seattle Seahawks well Jamal Adams is playing phenomenal this season their defense is all right and Russell Wilson has been turning the ball over like a madman I think Seattle has great potential because as long as Russell Wilson has a great game, then they can score 30, 40 points at any given moment and outduel anybody. So, you know, Seattle's definitely not out of the of the conversation of making a playoff run because, you know, they have Russell Wilson who can turn it on in an instance. But, you know, we just haven't been seeing that the past few weeks. That's why they said it at number 12. Number 11, I have the Miami Dolphins, the Dolphins' defense. Awesome, awesome, awesome. And they beat Bill Belichick. They they beat the Patriots, which is something I didn't think would happen. I didn't make a predictions podcast last week. But if I did, I would have had the Patriots winning because it's Tua. He's a rookie quarterback against Bill Belichick. And they went out there and won. And the 
and the Dolphins defense looked incredible doing it. Number 10, I have the Pittsburgh Steelers. <laughs> this is their first time out of the top five, and they sit at number 10. That's what happens when you lose to a 2-10-1 team. But yeah, as I previously mentioned, the defense can't get turnovers anymore, which can't get any momentum because the offense stinks right now. There really is no other way around it. Um, the offensive scheme could use a lot of work, but I think it's too late to even to I think it's too late to make drastic changes. And the defense with the injuries just can't force the turnovers and get the momentum like they used to. And yeah. That's basically that. That's why they sit at, at number 10. At number 9, I have the Baltimore Ravens. They thumped the Jaguars this week. And uh, they've won three straight and scored a lot of points in the process. Are the Ravens back? Is Lamar Jackson back? I guess we just got to figure out when it comes playoff time. This, I think they're in the same boat as Seattle that they are poised to make a run. Uh, and the Ravens these last three weeks have looked really good. So I guess we'll see. At number eight, I have the Los Angeles Rams. Yes, I know they just lost to the Jets and they only dropped, I think, one or two spots from last week. Yeah, you know, they lost to the Jets. That's horrendous. That's horrific. That's embarrassing. But I'm not really concerned <laughs> because they almost came back against the Jets. So I will give them credit there that they almost came back. But yeah, the Rams, shit, that's that's the Rams for you. I'm not confident enough in the Steelers or Baltimore to leapfrog the Rams because when the Rams are on, you know, they win 24 to 3 on primetime football. It's just their offense is just a bit inconsistent. At number seven, I have the Cleveland Browns coming off of a loss versus Baltimore in one of the best games of the season. They, they did have an ugly game versus the Giants. They had an ugly game. But, you know, they but they won regardless and held the Giants to six points in the process. I don't care who their offense is. You hold an NFL team to, to six points, you're doing something phenomenal. So, yeah, the Browns, they they do sit at number seven. Kevin, Kevin Stefanski may win coach of the year. I would not be upset at that one bit. And they have a shot to win the division. And as you can see, I think they're a better team than Pittsburgh right now. So they have a pretty good chance. Moving on to number six, I have the Indianapolis Colts. The Colts are a phenomenal mix of good offense and great defense. I think this Colts team is, I don't know if they can gain, can really get the momentum to make a Super Bowl run. Like, I, I don't know if, I don't know if they can do it in multiple games, but like we saw it against the Packers. They can make a run in a game and come back to beat you or score a fuck ton and just simply beat you. Or they could lose by a lot versus the Titans and go down heavy in that game. So the Colts, I am confident with the Colts. I'm confident with Phillip Rivers. I like this Colts team. I mean, what else can I say? Moving on to number five, I do have the Tennessee Titans. If we want to talk about teams that are poised to make a run, well, this team is it. This this Titans team is exactly that. They 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 did it last year, and they're on a roll right now. They're killing it, coming off of a forty six to twenty five victory over the Lions a week after killing the Jaguars. They had that rough game versus the Browns, but you know they almost came back a week after killing the Colts. So yeah, this team 
and you know they play the Packers then the Texans the Packers game that's a huge game that's a massive game for both the Packers and the Titans because if the Titans go out there and beat Aaron Rodgers that's huge that's massive but yeah the Titans are on a run right now they have scored 30 plus in four straight games I don't know if they've done it before that Yep, yep, yep. They have scored 30-plus in five straight games. Their offense is rolling right now. At number four, I have the New Orleans Saints. Um, The reason reason that I don't have them falling heavily after losing two straight is because the Chiefs game, it was Drew Brees' first game back, and he didn't have Michael Thomas. he, He had a rough day. It happens. We all have rough days. And when you're playing the Chiefs and you only lose by three when your starting QB has had a very rough day, then all right, I don't think there's that much wrong with that. And the Saints' defense is still very good, so I'm not necessarily concerned. At number three, I have the Buffalo Bills. (laughs) If you want to talk about not being concerned, the Bills are exactly that. The Bills are on a run right now. They are a top three team. And phenomenal for the Bills. They're killing it. Josh Allen is murdering teams they currently sit on what is it a four game win streak minimum like they are on a roll i'm loving what i'm seeing from this bills team yeah yeah and they're on a four game win streak right now and they would be they would be on an eight game winning streak if it wasn't for that deandre hopkins incredible catch so yeah they've won seven of the last eight this bills team is looking phenomenal i'm 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 really liking what i'm seeing at number two i have the green bay packers the reason i'm not concerned about the packers is the fact that they're winning games you know they had a sloppy second half versus carolina and they had a sloppy second half versus the lions but i'm not concerned about it because they're winning they look very good on offense i i don't care if they have a, a half of sloppy football as long as you win the football game so yeah the packers they look good. The Bills, they look good. But Packers-Titans this weekend, that's a big one. <laughs> that is an insanely massive game. At number one, I have the Kansas City Chiefs. They just continue to do it. They are 14-1, and 13-1, I'd like to say. And their one loss, they already redeemed it by beating the Raiders later in the season. They're easily the Super Bowl favorite. They're a phenomenal football team. Their, their offense is light years ahead of the rest of the NBA. How, how can you not love watching Patrick Mahomes? He's a future GOAT. That's going to do it for me today. If you enjoyed this podcast, share it with your friends. If not, share it with your friends. Follow me on Twitter at StutteringProds. That's Stuttering P-R-O-D-S. And Instagram at StutteringSportGuy. I hope you enjoyed and have a great day.